Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley McManus, Director of Marketing at Affectiva. Welcome to Affectiva Asks, a human-centric AI podcast, where each episode we will interview a thought leader doing cutting-edge work in the AI space. A little bit about us, Affectiva is the pioneer of Emotion AI, software that can detect nuanced human emotions, complex cognitive states, behaviors, activities, and interactions. And Affectiva is applying this technology to advance the next generation of multi-signal in-cabin sensing. Today's episode features an interview with Affectiva Data Acquisition Manager, Ryan Abbott. At Affectiva, we collect a lot of real-world automotive video data of people in vehicles, which fuel the training and testing of our deep learning algorithms. During our interview, Ryan covered our approach to automotive data collection, how that process evolved with the pandemic, and even some fundraising initiatives we have in place for groups looking to contribute to a cause in the Boston area. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. With me, I have Ryan Abbott from the Affectiva Data Collection Team. Ryan, thank you so much for making the time to see you with me today. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay, to start, can you tell us about your background? How is your career path taking you to Affectiva? I can. Uh, so about right out of college, I started working um, with my friend who worked at a startup um, for spe- speech recognition software, and data collection was uh, their biggest need as well. So I found a niche in a company that was uh, similar to Affectiva about 15 years ago, and that company got sold to bigger companies, and I sort of just continued in my data collection world, um, outside of, outside of some other companies for a long time. And then, uh, eventually ended up at Affectiva when the job came along. Um, didn't, you don't see many descriptions, <laughs> job descriptions <laughs> that include kind of like the highlight words that I was used to, which include automotive data collection, uh, you know, participants, studies, all that stuff. So when I saw that, I sort of just said, Whoa, Oh, this is exactly what I do. And, I knew I wasn't alone in the world, but I didn't know that there was somebody actively looking for a me. And then I guess the rest is history. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe you could talk about a little bit uh, what your role is at Affectiva today. Yeah, I'm the data collection manager and uh, Affectiva's data collection team has grown pretty large over the past year and a half. Uh, we have seven people working now as data collection specialists. Um, our capabilities are spanning uh, both Boston, Waltham area and uh, Cairo as well. So uh, there's a lot going on here and I sort of oversee all the different collections um, and make sure that it comes in as I'd say problem free as problem free as I can. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so can you briefly touch on why we are collecting this automotive data? Yes. So Data collection, I think, is a term that sort of, I mean, it means a lot to a lot of people, but for some people, they think, okay, you know, Facebook is uh, stealing my data and, you know, major credit card companies, data breach, they hear these terms. So what we're trying to do at Affectiva is develop this in-cabin sensing software for the automotive space. And cars right now, a lot of them don't have these kind of cameras in it. So the data that we need to collect isn't out there. It's not floating around. It's not data that's easily tapped. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't easily get a data source of video from inside a car because these cameras don't really exist there in great quantity yet. So what we're doing is placing these cameras in the cars where the, um, the companies, the OEMs, uh, you know, want them to be and running participants through the type of actions we'd expect to find, um, on them and, and the type of models that we want to train. And the reason we have to do it is just because there isn't a large source of, uh, you know, there isn't a data cloud out there of automotive data that's easily accessible. Yeah, definitely. Totally makes sense. Uh, side note, I don't know if you know the latest number of automotive data we have collected to date. 
you know, I I know you asked me this beforehand, and I, I went to look it up, but the, unfortunately, that that number is sort of uh, all over the place. Um, the number of hours is in the tens of thousands at this point, but that's spanned across you know multiple uh, camera views because. Uh, when we collect data in the cars, we're not just collecting from, from one location. In fact, we can collect from, you know, upwards of eight to 10 to, you know, six, five, whatever the project is calling for. So that means if we record one hour, um, of participant action and we get it on 10 cameras, uh, that's, you know, that's 10 hours. <laughs> so, Got so it. Okay. the hour, the hour data is, uh, is tricky to read sometimes, but it's in the tens of thousands. That totally makes sense. Um, yep. do you know, I just thought of this. Is there a, um, an effort of collecting data in other countries right now? Or are we mostly focused on U.S.? and? Yeah, so we are actually, uh, well, I am actually uh, very focused on setting up data collection efforts in Cairo. And we have done some in the past, um, but we are we have a data specialist in Cairo and we are getting our operation off the ground in the offices over there. Um, so the answer is yes, primarily in the U.S. at this point, but I'm very hopeful that I see a future where I can say 50-50. Awesome, very cool. So now to take another step back, how does Affectiva approach data collection? You know, how do we collect automotive data? How is it annotated? You know, stuff like that. I mean, from the whole pipeline, there's a lot of gory details I could go into, but ultimately it's <laughs> science team can't do what they need to do without data from us. And uh, so we're sort of, I call us sometimes the, the the coal engine on the train, like we're the stuff that's being shoveled into the rest of it to make it go. So when science comes up with an ask, they come to me and you know give specifics on the kind of project that we need to plan out. Um, protocols are planned, at which point we start scheduling participants and obviously deal with all the technical details of the camera placements and how the videos will be collected and all the metadata that will attach to the videos. And um, so the collection process is is only part of the journey, um, but it is certainly a logistically challenging one. You know, from there, depending on the project, it gets either labeled by our in-house team and then the models get trained by science. Um, there's a ton more in the middle that I'm leaving out. So I feel a little silly saying it that simplistically, but I think for the purposes of this podcast, that might be <laughs> enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing about data a while back, I don't know if that's still true today, but I know we were trying to simulate different driving situations that may be dangerous to otherwise collect in the wild. Is that still yeah. something that that we do. And can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So, you know, if you want to develop uh, software that's going to alert you when you're drowsy, you need to train that with naturalistic drowsy behavior. Yeah. Um, we cannot and we will would not obviously want people to purposely drive drowsy or otherwise yeah. distracted. So we obviously do not do that in a natural setting uh, in, inside an actual car. So we have simulators set up in our labs um, where people can either drive overnight um, so they become naturally drowsy safely <laughs> in our lab yep. or uh, they can sleep deprive themselves throughout the night and come in when they're quite quite tired in the morning. Um, and then there's other distracted driving stuff as well. So obviously cell phones is a huge issue we see when it comes to dangerous distracted driving and we will not and would not ask people to, to text while driving. Um, so we do that uh, in a car safely um, parked and we have done a couple things on uh you know off-road um secure track locations where we don't have to endanger anybody <laughs> but yes. that's limited and we prefer to we prefer to just do it parked and stationary yes absolutely totally makes sense um so moving on on you know based on your work and maybe what you've seen in terms of data collection do you have any 
ideas or recommendations that car manufacturers need to do or the recommend that they focus on? Huh. Well, <laughs> from my perspective, yeah, sure. The the placement of the cameras and the camera specs is always a is yes. always an issue for us. I think because this industry is it's just beginning, really, and you know these cameras are now going into these cars in in mass. Meaning every every manufacturer has a different idea of what they want to put in the car, and where everybody's racing to figure out you know how to get on those cameras. So once those specs come into focus a little bit better and maybe the industry kind of settles on you know what the requirements are and maybe the placements of, of certain features i my job will become a lot easier put it that way yeah. um, we won't be we won't be chasing things that we don't know about yeah i that's probably the answer for that one just just the placement of the camera and the camera specs cool cool so uh obviously the world has changed a lot in the last few months uh from your perspective, how has data collection changed with the pandemic? Maybe touching a bit on how, like where it's being collected, sanitation procedures, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, this is <laughs> what I spend every hour of my day thinking about now. <laughs> um, I mean, it's no surprise life changed for everybody in March. So certainly no boohoo story for me, but data collection drastically impacted. Um, you know, our, our model before was uh, have people show up to a space have a waiting room, take them as we could. Um, so all of that has to change, right? Uh, you know, confined spaces such as vehicles are just problematic areas, period. Um, so I guess what we've done specifically to, to do our part in any kind of spread is, you know, done away with the, the waiting room, uh, which unfortunately does impact the speed that we're able to collect. Um, increase the remote uh, procedures. For instance, all the demographic and metadata we collect is done remotely now. Um, you know, before we would just kind of ask this stuff in person because it just made more sense and we were there and we hadn't had to, you know, take the extra step yet. Um, but honestly, now our automated process probably will save us time in the future. Um, you know, touchless transactions, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the automotive cabin itself, that's that's the confined space. So uh, yeah. a lot of sanitiz uh, sanitizing goes on in between each participant, um, you know, making sure the cabin is highly ventilated in between each participant. Not putting groups together anymore is a big issue for us because if you want to capture data of a full cabin, uh, you, you need to put people together in a cabin. So that part is challenging and, and we no longer are able to put people who don't feel comfortable with each other and having quarantine together and aren't in their, their personal bubbles together. So we have to recruit groups themselves instead of forming groups out of our participants, which is a lot different than we used to operate. Um, and then obviously office behavior, it's changed for everyone. So the way we operate ourselves in the affectiva office, um, just space, seating, pathways around the office, hand sanitizer everywhere, you know, everything. So um, I I'm happy with the progress we've made and we continue to try to figure out, you know, different ways to potentially collect remotely. But until that last part that I mentioned about the camera specs get settled on, that that's going to be kind of difficult. Yeah, definitely. Um, how many cars do we have right now for data collection? Mm, for data collection, we have three. Uh, total, we have four because sometimes we do collect from the infamous pink car. Yes. So <laughs> the, the, my answer the is awesome four. pink car? <laughs> yeah, the awesome pink car. My answer is four, even though I don't want to claim that as a data collection car. But we Got do it. use it occasionally. Got it. Cool. All right. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, you have some fundraising collections initiatives happening that I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about. Can you explain 
you know, what you're looking to do, the process, what you're looking to accomplish with this, maybe any info for listeners that want to learn more about that? Sure. Um, so, yeah, it, what I just mentioned, actually, collecting groups have been a challenge for us since um, COVID. So yeah. one way to go about doing that, uh, you know, data collection, it's a process where we, you know, we compensate people for their time. Um, we give them money to show up and, and do the protocols that we've set up. And it, it sort of dawned on us that we could focus this money in a way where we could help out groups that align with Affectiva's core values and collect the data we want. So, I mean, silly term, but really a win-win, honestly. Um, the ability to, one, get groups, two, yeah. put our data collection money towards causes we uh, support. And also, I mean, just in terms of speed, if you get a group of 50 people willing to, to, to do this together, you can collect that within a few days, which might you know, independently take um, a week or two to, to get that kind of volume. So there's really no downside of it. It's just a little bit more organizational work, um, which obviously is not easy, but mm -hmm. it's something that we're very willing to take on for interested groups. So in terms of if people are listening to this, and I guess for now, if they're in the Boston area, um, hopefully soon, if they're not in the Boston area. Yeah. Um, but for now, if they're in the Boston area, um, reach out to us. Um, data collection at affectiva.com is a great email you can use to, to get in touch with us. Um, we have a whole process. We, you know, we'll interview you on the phone and talk about, you know, what the plan is, find a location. And, and we actually bring the data collection to the group, which is the, the important part, I guess I kind of overlooked there, which is um, we're able to collect remotely so we can bring the cars to the groups as long as the groups can, can all congregate in one area. That's awesome. I love it. Very cool. <laughs> um, so if you had one takeaway for people listening today, what would you like to tell them? Um, yeah, I, I think data collection, like I mentioned in the front um, of this interview, it, it's a term that means a lot of different things to a lot of people. What we do here at Affectiva is probably more niche use a unscientific term than, than a lot of places. Um, and, you know, it's incredibly interesting to me. I, I love the challenges and uh, the cameras in these cars is really opening up a whole new world of use cases as you cover all the time on this show. So mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone who listens is well aware of what we're, what our goals are, but the, the data collection process is just, um, it's really interesting to me. And I, <laughs> I don't mean to sound like I love my job, but uh, I, <laughs> God forbid. I, I honestly do. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, I'll let you expand on it a little bit. Is there anything, I know we covered a lot, but if there's anything you feel like you want to expand upon, like something that surprised you in the data collection process, something you found super interesting, is there any data that just kind of stood out to you or any specific challenges you want to address? Um, well, you know, I, I let's see, because I, I used to do a lot of speech data collection. That was primarily what I focused on for about 15 years before I, I came to Affectiva. Okay. So it, it's it's interesting to me because it's very similar to what I would do before. Like, honestly, this 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 opportunity has really shown me that what I did for so long can uh, <laughs> sort of apply to other companies and situations. Yep. But when I would do speech data, um, you know, the, the native speaking tone of a person's accent, very important. In fact, it's everything, right? <laughs> if you want to yeah. train software yeah. to recognize Swedish people, you can't get second language Swedish people to speak your, uh, to read your scripts. You have to right. go to Sweden and get a lot of Swedish people to sit in a car and ask where the pizza place is. Right. Um, so in Affectiva, the, one of the biggest differences is that we want our technology to work literally for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> literally. There is yeah. no, we're not pigeonholing it to 
okay, we have a Swedish uh, model we need to train. Like, no, we're not doing any of that stuff. So we want it to, to generalize across a huge, diverse population, which makes the recruiting process for me so much better than it used to be because I no longer have to dig and find a very specific type of uh, native speaker. I can, uh, yeah. anyone with a face, uh, <laughs> anyone with a face. Can, can, can apply. Um, and that part makes it a little bit easier, at least to, to, to gather a recruitment pool. Um, so I, I don't know if that answered your question at all, but it's one thing I think about often, which is, you know, how does, how does what I do now relate to how, how I used to operate in the past? And I always think, I wish I could have always recruited like I do now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's cool. So for anyone listening, if you have a face and you're yeah, interested in down. participating, Shaking what was faces. that what was that email address again? Can you say it one more time? Sure. It's data collection, all one word, at affectiva.com. All right. So we'll have people reach out to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then one last kind of fun question we asked all our guests. If your car could do one thing in the future to make your life easier, what would it be? Yeah, I read this one and I thought about it hard, actually, <laughs> um, because the answer is a lot of things. Cars... Cars are always annoyances unless they're, uh, you know, not really. So what I mean yeah. to say is I wish that cars could tell me what was wrong with them a little bit better. I am a technically oh, adept yeah. person, but I will not be, you know, opening up the hood of one of our BMWs and figuring out what's wrong. But it would be really nice to get a better idea of what kind of issues I was facing before I brought it to the mechanic. Mm. Um, and it seems like that's possible because I know that when you bring a car to the mechanic these days, it's more entering entering your car into the computer than it is opening up the hood and taking a wrench to it. So it seems yeah. like a, a message of like, uh, you know, give me maybe <laughs> maybe on a scale of one to 10, just how bad the problem is. That's what I want, really. That's, that's good. Like when the check engine come, light comes on, tell me it's a 10, not a, not a one. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that is all I have for you today. Thank you, Ryan, once again, so much for your time. This is fun. Yes. Thank you for having me. Our goal is to make sure our Affectiva Automotive AI in-cabin sensing or ICS technology works on every face. In order to achieve this, we need to collect vast amounts of data from a diverse pool of people to train our models based on the science team's specifications. The world changed for our data collection team with the onset of the global pandemic, but we broke down the risks and developed safety protocols to keep our employees and participants safe. With this new, modified data collection process underway, we continue to make strides in making ICS technology that will improve the mobility experience for everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Affectiva's human-centric AI podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes. We are also on social media, so please reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Affectiva to share any feedback you have on the show and weigh in on the discussion using hashtag AffectivaAsks. Don't forget to rate us and comment with your feedback to help make the podcast more discoverable for others. Until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.